What is good, Divine Dolls? Hope everything is well. I'm going to keep this one short, sweet, and to the point. For those of you who are my regular listeners, I'm about to, I don't know, sing your eyebrows off. So, I'm sitting here trading. Market is open. I think I'm pretty much done for today. Um, And so, I've been listening to Bob Proctor in the background. Um, I am... I think some of you might remember when I said, so today's Wednesday. On Sunday, I was like, um, I'm just going to sit here and watch the 10-hour the seminar. But it is a lot to take in. And I think that the maybe the first hour is the most condensed. And then after that, he starts to expand on it. And you're not taking as much notes. And so um, I'm on the sixth hour so four more hours to go and I'm pretty sure pretty sure once I'm done trading I'm just gonna save some for tomorrow and listen to it during the the quiet time and I know we've been talking a lot about you know it's it's interesting to listen to someone like that and there's some things I agree with some things I don't necessarily agree with um but then again who am I compared to Bob Proctor I think that um but he he shares this story um, and he's been talking about SIP. So he talks about how we are most and foremost spiritual beings. He said that we're also intellectual. Um, Joe Canary was the other person that he's co-hosting, you know, that seminar with uh, or co-lecturing with. And then last but not least, we're a physical body. And he has a really good image of... Um, if I find a, a picture of it, I'm going to show it to you. But you know how our when we think of our body, we think of our head like small and the body's like really big. He draws it in the opposite direction. He draws this really big head and a really small body because the head is what drives your body. And it's so interesting how you kind of have to flip that whole thought in you know of how we view ourselves we think like oh our head is so small and we succumb to our body um but really it's our head that our brains the way that we think and it's so interesting because you know a lot of us have kind of at some point of time whether you're into spirituality and he says no one the, the person that's always seeking to develop themselves it becomes a reader and so a lot of us are familiar with the Napoleon Hill, you know, Think and Grow Rich. But that is on the premises that if you change the way that you think, you know, all is mind. Out of that is where your riches come from. It's not from... And so there is a delicate balance within um, action too. I want to I want to share one more thing with you before I share this story and... um. You know, if you're a boy mom, I think you're going to appreciate this. Or if you have nephews or, like, male cousins and stuff, and you're fighting for their life, you know, it's a very interesting conversation. But he talks here about, you know, it's so interesting. He says, um, the thing about manifestation is you have to feel it, right? So... I think part of the reason like women are able to manifest so much is because you you have to be able to, you know, when we started to shift and ask like, well, what is your why? You will know when you have your why because it's going to be like this immense, unshakable emotion that 
is not going to allow you to be taken off of your your square. Like, sink or swim, come hell or high water is like you want something so bad that you're going to, that that you cannot be swayed. So in order to manifest, you have to tap into your emotions. And I think that for men, it's like they've been taught not to tap into their emotions. And the interesting thing about him is this guy, I think he's ambidextrous. Um, He does write with his right hand, but he has come to understand that he operates out of the right side of his brain. And then he said something interesting. He's like, well, the left side of the brain is just useless, which, which I think is counterproductive too. And I say that because... Um, you get to a point where you understand that you need both, right? You And so you need your emotions and your... In fact, I think I wrote it on the, the page before this. You need your emotions, but you also need your... Here we go. So um, he said, the person who relies solely on intellect won't get very far. Okay, so your left, your the the left side of your brain, which most of us, if we're right handed, we're using the left side of our brain are going to have we're going to rely on our intellect. Right. Um, But if you use the right side of your brain, it has to do with your creativity. Um, If I'm remembering correctly, um, I will probably do a separate podcast talking about this. I remember one of the classes I took for art because um, I was a uh, mm, business administration major for my bachelor's of arts and with a minor in marketing. And one of the first classes I took was learning to draw with the with the right side of your brain. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm correct, it has to do with your your right side of your brain has to do with your creativity. And so he says the person who relies solely on intellect won't go get very far. Um, he, and the, the way that he laid out this key phrase, it says you need the, but he said, but the person who taps into their inner spiritual, emotional intelligence, the person who can tap into that is the person that will open themselves up to unlimited possibilities. So I'm going to share with you the story. And I think it's important that you kind of understand Um, Because, you know, I laid out how he's been talking about how a lot of us think that we are um, our bodies. In fact, there's two stories. Um, You know, sometimes people who are religious will say like, oh, I feel bad for atheists because when they die, they're all dressed up and they don't have anywhere to go. And it was funny because I chuckled at that. Because I'm like, you silly rabbit, we are not our bodies. And I think that that's the irony that religious people think that we are our bodies. When when you come over to the spiritual side, you start to understand that you energy never dies. And, and you start to understand just how physical the body and the 3D world is. It's like you transcend that. So why would you be concerned about your body or it being dressed to go anywhere like And so he didn't outright say it as crass as I did, but he started to lay out this concept right here, which is that religious or not, you are a spiritual being more so than you are a physical body. And with you being a spiritual being, 
what separates us from animals is that we have deductive reasoning right and when you and so he um joe canary was the one who was kind of like laying down the difference between inductive reasoning and deductive reasoning so in uh deductive reasoning is where you are kind of like in your primitive animal state and so if you can't see it feel it touch it hear it then it doesn't exist to you you know you only deal with what is before you it's a lower vibrational way of thinking and so um but with inductive reasoning <laughs> this is so interesting because it's like i understand that that's what sets us apart from the animals but it's like um it makes you kind of take command of your presence to where it's kind of like because there's another part where he says um the difference between manifesting i think a lot of people think like oh i'm just gonna think these beautiful thoughts right but it says you have to think it you have to feel it but it's not about the feeling it's about actually deciding and i think that that's where inductive um reasoning comes in that's the best way i can explain it right um decide write down and that's why i think when i shared an earlier podcast it's like you have to write down your goals and your dreams you know by december so and so and i talked about how it was so funny because 24 months ago i was like i'm gonna be a millionaire in 36 months and i have the the countdowns and everything like that and um and i and you know if other people can do it i can do it too and so it's one thing to kind of just sit around and like manifest it and be like, oh, I can feel it. I know I I want this for my family. I want this for my niece. I want this for my godkids. I want this for my parents. I want it for myself. Um, everything that comes with that lifestyle of just being financially free. Um. So... I hope that some of that kind of makes sense, but let's jump into the story and I'm going to, I think I'm pretty much done trading for today. Um, so I'm not, I, thankfully I'm not in anything. Otherwise I would have been having kittens. Um, so he talks about how it's important that w- what determines our outcome is our spirituality and our intellect, what is within us. And so they talk about this little black boy that went to the circus and he saw this person filling up balloons with helium, right? And he saw the the man get a green balloon and he puts air in it, he put helium in it, he tied it and he let it go and the balloon flew up. And he got a blue balloon and he put helium in it and tied it and he let it go and the the balloon flew up, got a yellow balloon, put helium in it, tied it, and let the balloon fly, you know, fly up. And so the little black boy said, sir, do the black balloons fly? And the little, and the guy told him, he said, all balloons fly. The difference is what is in them, what are their thoughts? And this is why it's so important to manage your thoughts. I think that he also talks about that at the beginning of the of the um of the series you were born rich and i believe it to the point that this is why you have to guard your thoughts because 
you know, you're going to have people telling you who you are, who you're not. And I think that what sets people apart, you know, we've been talking about, well, is it their chromosomes? Is it their biology? Is it their environment? Is it nature? Is it nurture? And um, I'll close out with this other story, right? Because the imagery is so important. And he said um, he had a glass of Coca-Cola, which I thought was so interesting because, y'all, I've shared my story of the first time my in my life that I drank Coca-Cola. I was seven years old. I grew up in an Orthodox um, religion. My parents were super, uber conservative. And so we are not to consume unclean Things like um, pork, you know, unclean foods, whatever have you. But we're also not supposed to consume caffeine. And so um, (laughs) I've shared that story multiple times, but I just found it so, I don't know, kind of, you can hear it now too. It kind of tickled me, tickled me a little pink that he mentioned Coca-Cola. So he's like, your thoughts and your beliefs is this glass of Coca-Cola. And then he's like, my thoughts are this glass. It's the same exact size, the same eight ounce glass of um, water. It's pure water. And at, at some point, you kind of understand that a lot of us are craving what he's give, He's going to tell us. We know he's an expert. At the time, he had already made millions. This is an old movie. I want to say it's like looks like it was from like the 80s. It could have been the early 90s. I don't know when he did this um, You Were Born Rich 10-hour seminar, but he was already a millionaire. So at this point, we are all seeking to replicate his results. And we know that there's a science to what he does. And so we're thirsty, like literally for what he's about to say. But then you have to understand, like if our beliefs are Coca-Cola, a lot of us know that if you add that water to the Coca-Cola, it's still going to be, it's just going to be watered down Coca-Cola, you know? And so, um, it's like, you can inundate yourself with believe, you know, what other people are saying, but until you really get to the core point, which is what do you believe about yourself? then that's where you're going to get like the biggest bang for your buck. And I think that that's where that inner work comes in. You know, that is where the the inner work comes in. And listen, I'm going to say this. If I have talked about this before, too, and I kind of said it yesterday, too. And y'all that are with me on this journey, I, you know, I put it up. It's not, you know, I have my content that I put up and I feel like, oh, my gosh, this is a body of work. Best work ever type of a thing. And I'm really happy to. And I think that with that podcast I did last night, it's kind of like, I think that um, in a roundabout way, feminism does benefit the male more than anything. (laughs) You know, I don't know that there is really something that would be, I guess, woman centered. It was the new word or woman centric. I'd like myself to get back to that personally. But I think even between last night and what I'm hearing now, if I had a son, you better believe I will be working on what he believes about himself, which was interesting because the podcast last night, I played a, a um, sound clip from a news channel where they were talking about how, you know, toxic masculinity, there's that form out there. But one, I want to double down and say like, it when the father said, you know, I'm worried about my son, I was like, 
he's telling on himself because he doesn't even believe that he's that good of a man to counter the imagery of um, toxic masculinity. Now, that being said, it's funny because I'm allowing myself to just process the information because I talked about what happens in the black community. And I think that sometimes we will say like, well, if you have the father in the home, that should count for something. But a lot of, you know, I've shared my story with my, what happened with my dad. My dad didn't grow up with a dad, with a father. He, his dad passed away when he was two. And, but he still went on to, um, excel in his academics. He's really good at physics and all of the sciences, um, he's a bit of a, he's, he's pretty much a nerd, but, um, went on to be a family man and to be married. He's still married to my mom. And then sadly, you take an example of my parent, my, you know, my dad grew up very poor, um, and like church poor and, um, single mom, but you take my brothers who were put in private schools where you're spending $10,000 a month in a Christian setting where we are having, and not only at school, but in the house, we're having the daily devotionals. My mom would get us up at six in the morning. We would read our Bible, sing, you know, grew up vegetarian, eating very healthy. We're in sports. You put us in gymnastics, swimming, violin classes, sports classes. And in some instances, you would never know. <laughs> right? You would never know um, that that much output went into it. But I think that, you know, if I had children or if I had it, you know, I guess in this day and age. And, and so, but with that being said, with me wanting to be woman-centric too, absolutely pay attention to what the thoughts of, of your child. Um, he kind of alluded to this earlier in the seminar too, because he said something along the lines of, I think he was talking to a child and he said that, you know, you can ask a child what they think about themselves and whatever they think about themselves is, is that's, that's basically what you're dealing with. And so, um, it's going to have, take something to, it's going to take work for you to help shape and mold how they perceive themselves. Um, matter of fact, he the story that he shared was that um, I guess, you know, and we talk a lot about how a child from the age of three, you can you pretty much know what you're dealing with. And so same thing with this boy. And I am going to title this is probably going to be most beneficial to boy moms. Listen. But I think, like I said, you know, same thing for your daughters. This definitely can apply to your daughters, too. I, I you know, so they told him from an early age. And again, this is interesting because I've talked about this. Part of what grinded my gears when I was listening to the news clip yesterday is like women have been beat up over the head so many times that we're not equal. We're inferior. We're not as intelligent, you know, that we're slow and all this other stuff and we're not worthy of being as intellectual as they are because they're, you know, men are more logical and that's why we don't get more pay and da 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 and we, we belong in the home and we're not good to be business people and stuff like so on and so forth. 
And that was all good and fun and games when it was in the favor of the men. And now that they, you know, there's information coming out and, you know, in terms of how testosterone affects them, the composition of their brains, you know, and everything like that. It's like now all of a sudden they want compassion and now all of a sudden they want empathy. And it's like, it's definitely not fun when the rabbit has the gun. Like th- this 2023 is like, you're starting to see the sift. I'm not going to tell you if you should be empathetic or not. I feel like you do you. Th- this with me, my son being karmic, I'm very comfortable with karmic energy and watching the boomerang effect of that type of thing. Very comfortable with it. So, but I say that because when we think about our little girls, there's still narratives out there that they have to counter just as much as the male. And so that's why it's so important. So this little boy for this, you know, um, that they talked about earlier in the seminar, they had told them like, oh, well, you know, you have a learning disability. And so he was failing. And they brought him to Bob Proctor and they said, well, you know, what can we do because he's failing and how do we get the outcome? And so Bob Proctor sat him down and he got a serious tone and he said, young man, I want to tell you right now, everything they've told you about their learning disability is absolutely false. There is nothing wrong with you. In fact, you're a very intelligent, brilliant young man. And um, they said they you know, after that conversation, something to those effects, the young man went back to school and now he, at the time, he became like a top top student, started passing his grades, um, passing his, his tests and his exams and so on and so forth. And all of it had to do with his mind and how much he was able to believe it. So, I, you know, take it for what it's worth and, and, um, and I think part of it too, if you're kind of listening from the last podcast, I th- I think that that um, news bite that we played, it it was disheartening on so many levels because, you know, <clears throat> um, I'll never forget that dad was like, "Well, are we supposed to teach our sons to be tempered and calm down?" And it's like, yeah, it you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I've talked about how like with us young ladies. We learn how when we go through our cycles, we could be, I know my mom had this conversation with me, we can be moody. And she's like, don't take it out on your on your brothers and stuff like that. True fact. She was like, you're going to be, you know, you might not be the happiest around that time, but you never make your brothers suffer for it. But the conversation that was not had with my brothers, because my parents didn't know, I don't know that a lot of people know is that when testosterone surges through your body, you don't take it out on the people around you. And that means you're going to have to do things like meditate, exercise, take up a physical sport, drive to, you know, drill down into your studies, like really, you know, push yourself in healthy ways that you can exert that. You know, another um, hormone that I think women are not familiar with is... um, I cannot remember the name of this for the, but it's the, it's the chemical that makes you want to bond. A lot of us women are not also aware of, of how that works. I think that that's the equivalent of what women experience with testosterone, you know, to the equivalent of males um, experiencing testosterone. I think if more women understood how 
Um, let me see. I'm, I have time to type it in right now. And I'm hungry. I'm ready for breakfast. Oh my gosh. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. It has been. I. <laughs> Y'all, if you've been with me for a while. Um. <laughs> I was past due for one of those. And I've been drinking my water. Trust me. I am turning red. I, oxytocin. So I think oxytocin is to the woman what testosterone is to the male. I think that a lot of women, so oxytocin is associated with trust, sexual arousal, relationship building, is referred to as the love hormone or cuddle chemical. Oxytocin levels also increase when you're hugging someone and when you're experiencing an orgasm. So I think that um, that being said, you know, we're talking about with how I think it's equally important for young ladies to also understand themselves and to work on their minds. And also, I would say, understand the bonding chemical, you know, um, when you start to mature, you start to develop those, I guess, what we categorize sexual desires, both boys and girls. For women, it's the estrogen and oxytocin and for men it's the testosterone men aren't really as affected by oxytocin they can produce it but not anywhere as close to the to the ways that women do right and so you can also um get an increase in oxytocin when you're breastfeeding and bonding with your child and your baby okay so but yeah i don't know i think that um it's interesting you take it for what it is and this is why it's so important you guard your mind. And and you have to be careful about this too because um there's there's uh I'll say this one person I know and they are stubborn as hell. Okay? And it's to the point where nothing else can permeate what it is that they're going to and it's it's actually costing this person um and it's not that their potential is not there. People try to tell them stuff and try to help them, but they are dead set on what it is that they want. And so it's a fine line, you know, Um, you have to be able, I think, to deal with the ebbs and flows and stuff. And I think part of it, too, is I recognize it because I have fixed elements like Scorpio's fixed element. And so your downfall when you have fixed elements is that. You can be so stubborn to the point that you get in your own way. So I had to learn that from very early. This is before I knew about Zodiacs. Like I said, I grew up Christian. But one of the things, and it's kind of interesting too, when you, you know, no one for as, as early as I learned this about myself, I wasn't in personal development stuff or had those conversations. Surprisingly, like even in growing up in the church, like we didn't really talk about that stuff, but when I started to understand that, um, cause, cause we all have feelings, right? I, I get very angry. I'm a very quiet person, um, on the shy side, introverted, but when I get angry, I just see freaking red. And when I see red, everybody's getting smoke. And <laughs> to the point where I will set whatever it is on fire, but I'll still be in that space. And so everybody's getting smoke and I'm choking on the smoke too. And so 
Um, and so, but with that being said, I had to learn to control my temper and understand that probably I need to leave the room, <laughs> leave the room before I give people all the smoke. <laughs> no, no, but I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Like, um, but I think also, um, I've had, I think I've had to learn that it's okay to be fixed on things. It's be okay to be fixed on my why and why I want something. But I have learned that I will listen. And if, if there's truth, you know, one of my favorite things with my dad is, um, uh, when we disagree on stuff, I'll ask him, but did I lie? You know, and stuff. And he'll just kind of laugh because it's like, I know it's not pleasant or it's not comfortable, but I'm not lying, especially when my dad and I talk about religion. They're still in part of the church and stuff like that. And so I'll mention certain things that I, you know, like to believe our, our stuff. And then he was but dad, did I lie? And he'll just laugh and be like, okay, well, you didn't lie. But, and so sometimes, you know, sometimes people like, they will tell her like, you know what? You are not a pleasant person to work around. And they will, like the boss will tell her like okay we hired you you want you to get the job done and that person's like well I don't you're not gonna tell me what to do you're not the boss of me um they are the boss of you they employed you and so oh my gosh excuse me it's one of those things where you kind of have to be able to give and take. What's happening too and I will say this is that that person really definitely needs to have their own job their own um enterprise um but the thing is they're like a lot of us people they need funds until they can get their business off of the ground and so if you're working for other people i told her i was like i don't like i don't like people telling me what to do but you better believe when i was working at my job they would tell me to jump and sometimes i'd be like how high while i was on the way up and then Sometimes I would just kind of like just jump, you know, and just go with the motions and it would be half-assed and that type of a thing. But, um, but yeah, sometimes people try to give you advice and it's good to be fixed and not fixed on a certain way. Things. I kind of went on a tangent there, but I, I hope I was trying to close out an idea in terms of like how bad do you want something and what are you willing to be fixed on and when do you give yourself room to grow, you know, and to, and I think part of the reason I was saying that is because I've heard just so many things at this point in terms of why we are the way we are. I've heard it from a spiritual standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. And so, but at the end of the day, like, this is why it's important to guard your mind and teach your kids how to guard their mind too. I think it's called mental fortitude. Um, let's just type this in. And I know I'm at the 30-minute mark, so let's just keep this short. Because I'm hungry. And I've been drinking my water. Um, let me see. I'm almost done, actually. I've been doing pretty good. Yeah, I already did 1.7 liters. <sighs> okay. Mental fortitude, the ability to have strength in the face of adversity. When you're knocked down, to get back up and fight. 
when you're struggling, tired, bored, to keep your eye on the goal and continue moving forward to show up even when you don't feel like it. So is mental fortitude a skill? Mental fortitude is a form of emotional mastery, right? Remember earlier he was talking about how a lot of us need to tap into that inner spiritual, emotional intelligence. Those are all right brain um, functions. And Robert Proctor um, kind of has mentioned it a couple of times that he's more of a right brain thinker. He thinks he's more of like ambivert, I think is what the... Let's type, type in ambivert. I think he said ambivert. Um, he's not ambidextrous. Ambivert. My grandma on my dad's side, she was ambidextrous. She could write with her right and her left hand. Um, yeah, so it's not ambivert, but it's like, how do you, what do you call a person who uses both sides of their brain? Both sides of their brain. Oh, ambidextrous. He did say ambidextrous. So um, ambidexterity indicates that the left and right side of that person's brains are pretty much symmetrical. Um, You may have heard the term golden brain usually refers to people who use both sides of their brain equally. And I can see that. I mean, if a lot of you are familiar with Bob Proctor, here's the other thing, too. When you start to understand what you're looking at, it's so funny. I'm going to say this real, real quick. So um, I was listening to Princella and she was talking about how what happens with white males is that they will use, they will um, monetize what women and people who are quote unquote beneath them do. And when she said that, I started to notice like, psh, it's everywhere. So what's interesting about Bob Proctor is he actually has the, it's called the Proctor Gallagher Institute. And what is not really known to a lot of people is that there's a um his other half, right? Since we're talking about brains, is um Sandy Gallagher is pretty much like um he what happens is if you got a chance to hear the story, she was making I think like millions of dollars at the time that he met her and he asked her how is it that you make all of this money? And if you ever get a chance to listen, it's kind of like she was way out earning him at the time. And but he tapped into that feminine side. And again, I think that as quiet as it's kept, like I when I found this out, I had already ordered the book. I was like, ah, I'm gonna have to try to find more of her stuff. And because I really think she's the um, like the secret sauce to what's going on in um, I think there's more I want to say, but because of time, I'm just going to keep it short. But um, he he definitely, I think that that collaboration definitely propelled him. And I think that um, whether you have it within yourself to tap into your logic and to your emotion and into your spiritual and into your intellect and to make a decision and act. Um, you still need both. And and again, I think that part of why he propels so far is that even though he's coming up in the masculine and kind of leaning towards using both sides of his brain, I think his super his um his superpower was Sandy Gallagher, y'all. Um and so she talks more about like I'm looking at her stuff here. Um, you know, she'll say stuff like it's never 
Kool-Aid to be who you really are. This one, this is from four hours ago. She says, while expressing gratitude doesn't change your immediate circumstances, it does change your heart. And that sets the stage for improving your life from the inside out. And I'm a huge believer in that. A lot of you know, like, I always laugh when people say they didn't get anything out of The Secret. And if you read The Secret, trying to figure out how to get rich, it's like one of those things like reading Think and Grow Rich and not realizing what it's really talking about. And so, but to me, I've, I'm going to tell you what I think the secret is within the secret. The secret that was all up and through that book is having a spirit of gratitude because whatever you're grateful for is whatever you'll continue to attract more of. And I've applied that to my life and it definitely has worked. One of I'm telling you, <laughs> um, you can go and read it through the lens of, of, what you would think when you're trying to get stuff out of that book and then read it through the lens of where it's telling you to have gratitude and you're going to see like that's the secret you know type of thing so but yeah I'm gonna let you guys go um I kind of like these conversations a little better but at the same time I think part of the reason I like the musings of a divine feminine compartment even though I'm going to be going into trading and stuff like that and getting into the mindset behind that kind of stuff is that I think that we are human beings, you know, it's one thing for us to come out here and I could come on here and I know that the that channel for trading, there's going to be eyes on it, right? Um, That's just the nature of, of anything that has to do with that. And I'm looking forward to that. And that means that I have to continue to cultivate myself. And I love that that's coming at this point in my life because I'm ready for it. I'm hungry for it. I'm thirsty for it. And it's not even so much about the making the money part. Like I said, it's I'm back on my reading, back on my audiobooks and stuff like that. But I think that um, when I was listening to the life and health insurance mentoring program stuff, and the guy was just kind of like, I don't think he realized that sometimes people can't connect to him because he's coming across so perfect. And it's like, we have to deal with the, the, the stuff that's happening around us. And so um, with the toxic masculinity conversation, I could continue to trade, you know, read go for my exercise, drink my green smoothies, so on and so forth. But what what's happening in the world around us? I don't know. Maybe the answer will be at some point that we just detach. And I have mentioned that I do have fear about being able to detach from the everyday person. But maybe what if that's part of what we just need to do? What if we just drown out the noise? You know, and then I guess that would mean we tell other people to just drown out, you know, those type of things and maybe they're lower vibrational and maybe that's why they're stuck there and maybe I'm keeping myself back by trying to quote unquote reach back to my community and it kind of does make sense too why when some people make it and they're like oh they're so disconnected they no longer understand the community yeah at some point maybe we do need to disconnect so I don't know excuse me, you're welcome to to be around for the journey and kind of just see how things unfold. But one thing for sure, two things for for certain, I've said this before, I, you're not going to come back here in three months, six months and find me saying the same things. Absolutely not. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. I am committed to evolving and growing 
and becoming a better version of myself. And I understand that my um, thoughts and perspectives are going to change and I'm very much open to that. And so, um, yeah, I hope this was helpful. I look forward to doing more of this type of content. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, guard your mind. Teach your little ones to guard their minds, whether you have, you know, sons or daughters. And pay attention to how they think and perceive, think about themselves. And how do you think and perceive, you know, think about yourself? Because whatever you believe yourself is going to supersede anything. Anyone can tell you Bob Proctor. You know, I, I should have said myself, which I'm just this chick on, on the airwaves. Or Bob Proctor or your spouse or your coworker. And stuff like that. Whatever they think of you doesn't matter. As and, and it's so interesting because there's so many conversations about validation. Like one of the things that women need is, you know, seek is validation from others. Like, can we get a promotion? Am I worthy if I get, you know, if I'm able to make as much as a man? If I can be a, a CEO of a corporation, if if I can get married and stuff like that. But none of those things matter. What matters is what um, you think about yourself. And that's going to be an important lesson moving forward. All right, y'all. I'm done, done. Stick a fork in me. Done. Until the next pod- podcast, it has been my pleasure. Peace. <laughs>